Listener, get to those mining worlds pronto. Grab the crystals and stop whoever's in charge. He's one lunatic guy. This episode, we're taking one more turn with Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3. Welcome to One More Turn, a podcast that's always free to play. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Jim, do you hear that? The sound of silence. Oh, I actually hear a lot of traffic. It's like music to my ears, all of these cars honking. Does it sound anything like some of the music you've listened to in games before? Does it have that kind of beep beep? When I turn off the radio in Grand Theft Auto, or if I just fall asleep to playing Crazy Taxi, then yeah. So I'm curious, that I mean, what kind of music do you like in your games? And and by music, I mean, maybe we should start with the 8-bit. How do you listen to it? How do you enjoy your 8-bit music? Or do you enjoy it at all? Well, so there's two questions there. Do I enjoy it in terms of the context of the game? Well, sometimes. Sometimes if I think it's pretty well done. Well done. That sounds so vague. It's entirely meaningless. <laughs> what, if it's, what if it's just deep fried or what if it's just medium? Over medium. I want my I want my eight bit bloody. Oh, okay. I want I want that CD. I want a CD just thrown in my turnstile and just because that's what you do with CDs and it's just dripping and just ruins all of my equipment. Mm-hmm. Just blub blub blub. See, I, I have a I have a theory about gay music. I'm I'm with you on this. I'm not a huge fan of the music outside of the game itself, unless it's something like like you said, Grand Theft Auto, where it's it's. Just music pulled actual from the, licensed music right, pulled in right right when it's music digital music created for the game unless it's orchestrated you know like i have a couple orchestrated uh, uh sets like the legend of zelda orchestra stuff and i think i have something from uh, the last story and a couple of jrpgs i don't like listening to a ton of 8-bit stuff unless the 8-bit sound is specifically made uh or, or interwoven with real real guitars real music real i say to say real music but you know what i mean real, yeah. real real instruments or or kind of more classic instruments we're talking respectable music <laughs> right real music played by real djs spinning real beats i like Gucci because they basically play guitar and they use midi music and and the kind of 8-bit music as just another instrument uh, but I don't like when someone takes music from a game and tries to then just cover it. Music in games, specifically MIDI uh, music, has is constructed with playing a level in mind. It is constructed to be looped over and over and over endlessly. So there is not a tra- there is not really a pop structure to it. There is not a, a rising action or not a ton of rising action. There's not like a little breakdown and then low and then falling action to in your traditional kind of three minute song or even your traditional kind of operas and symphonies and all that crap. I can tell you for sure that I won't play Contra simply because there's no drops in the music. <laughs> right. There's no drops in the beat. Nobody drops the mic. Nobody drops the beat. And because of that, when when that music is pulled out of the arena of the game or the level you're playing, to me, it often doesn't sound quite the same it sounds you're trying to you're tr- you're using pieces you're using a, a structure that is meant to be played infinitely and trying to turn it into something that's three minutes or four minutes or whatever 
and it doesn't often translate very well. See, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily allot that to the length of the track itself. I would I would attribute more of that to the context of the game itself. So the music does not take center stage when you are playing the game. That is a piece to the whole. Right. So you've got you you're focusing more on what is happening on the screen and what your what your hands are doing on the controller. You're not necessarily thinking about or pausing the game just to rock out to whatever fat beats are going or just rocking hard. So once you then remove all of the other elements that you've got, once you remove the gameplay, you remove the visual aesthetic, and the only sensory input that is coming from this game is the music itself, that is where you may start to identify perhaps how simple a melody it is, Mm -hmm. or that there really only is maybe one or two layers to it. And it might be catchy. That may be enough. I'm I'm, I'm not going to criticize someone's taste here. That's not necessarily what I would prefer if I am just out out on the town trying to pick up honeys with my windows rolled down. <laughs> honeys, huh? Oh, sorry, I'm just I'm picturing you like some like 70s hoopty that like raises on the side. Something Dre, something out of the Dre Day video. Uh, or the Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg video. Uh, just you just like arm out, like Jim, arm outside the window. You know, yeah. like, mind on your money and your money on your mind kind of thing. Right, and I got the Bubble Bobble soundtrack just <laughs> ramping up, ramping it hard out of my lowrider. Yeah, what's up, girl? You want to be my? You want to be the bub to my bob? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> but you you said something you said something interesting there in that there there are parts of those songs that are are good or actually kind of interesting or at least catchy, and they're supposed to be somewhat catchy because. Who the hell wants to listen to some annoying song fifty, you know, fifteen hundred times when when playing a game? Anyone who listens to the radio, boom! <laughs> oh, they just had a hot in here marathon on a radio station up up where I live. Forty eight hours of hot in here by Nelly. So I see you're still wearing clothing. So clearly you did you you turned it off. There are a lot of games out there that really focus on including on incorporating the music as a component of the gameplay itself. If you take a look at more or less anything that Harmonix is working on right now, mm-hmm. or uh, or even some of the conversations that we've had, uh, perhaps with previous inter with pre- previous interview <laughs> guests about the kind of the strengths of building the game around the music rather than the music around the game. Now, quick plug for the interview with Cameron Kunzelman. <laughs> well, yeah, but he t- uh, yeah he specifically told me that he set the game to the music, like that was he featured the music. So unless you do it, like you said, feature it and put it up front and then try to work the rhythm of the game to the music, it has to be non-plus, which then makes it hard to then listen to later on when you're not, you know, not in the game environment. All of like on of all of the the points that I'm mentioning here, those do not those aren't centered just around 8-bit music in games. I kind of hold that opinion to most music in games mm-hmm. now I, i've got a lot of pre-order bonuses throughout the years of here's this game soundtrack here is this game soundtrack i've got a stack of them in my closet and just over time those have just fallen off my mp3 player those have just fallen off the list because more more often than not when i was bringing up a guilty gear song or a song off the soundtrack of persona or Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, or, real, or honestly, any of the Shin Megami Tensei games, because I dug uh, Shoji Meguru for a very long time. Because most of the what I perceive to be the quality in that music 
came as as a nostalgia for the time that I had spent playing those games mm. and the emotions that those elicited. Right, so therefore, I'm not really listening to music for the sake of listening to music, but rather to relive experiences in playing video games. And that's not really what I want in my time that I'm spent jamming out. You kind of are mentioning something that's a, a problem with all music, really, which is people... It's too loud. All you kids are playing it too loud. <laughs> well, that you... A song comes on and it triggers a memory... And that memory is why you kind of like the song now, not necessarily the song itself. Or the flip side of that is anytime Santana comes on, I ball my fist up and shake it to the heavens because I cannot stand any Santana music anymore, uh, <laughs> which basically it triggers an emotion. Because uh, I can never be so smooth. <laughs> not even if I feature uh, Rob Thomas. Please stop. Please stop. Do not even mention a lyric of that song. Like I said, the only time I really like music that sounds like game music is when they're using the mu the music as an instrument to accompany something more symphonic, you know, like something more guitar-based or drum-based or whatever you want to call it. Featuring that kind of music gets sort of tedious or, or not tedious. It's it it doesn't always please me, but I'm in the I'm in the boat. I, I listened to like my Legend of Zelda symphony track. It was great. It was great to hear. Super professional people replay that music. So what you're describing to me is that it's uh, that you you get the most plays out of your video game soundtracks that don't sound like video game music. Therefore, it's music that you can put on in a crowd and not instantly feel ashamed. Yeah, that's that's true. I'm, I was a lot of shame with game music. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not so bold like you, just driving through the streets with my hoopties, you know. Okay. Well, see, I'm going to levy this as a claim to, as a strength to rock groups or actual musicians than covering 8-bit songs. Because the less that it sounds like game music, the better it can be, the better it sounds away from the context of the game. Again, that goes back to that structure thing for me. It, they'd have to rework it. If, they, if you can reinterpret it, you can rework it the right way, I'd be down. Uh, if you just do a straight cover, note for note, but just make it on a guitar instead of, say, create a, a whole sound to it, I don't usually am a huge fan of that. <laughs> it just sounds... So okay. It's just the structure, is the structure, the musicality structure is just not the same. That's all. Really all I'm asking is, will we have to break up our friendship after you're, sh after you're firing shots against the Megas and the Proto-Men? No, they could look. People like them. I have nothing against them. Not my thing, but hey, you know what? If they're, if people like them, people like them. Maybe I'm just some old crank. Come on, man. They have the Airman lyrics of, do you know what it's like to be built this way with only the power to push others away? I think you're describing, I think you're describing our relationship at this moment, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> Whoosh is pushing Whoosh. me away. Oh, boy. <laughs> We'll be back on one more turn. Welcome back to One More Turn, delving into the past of 2000 and X. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Jim, this week we are playing Mega Man. Two and three. Now, is it Mega Man's two and three or Mega Men two and three? How do you pronounce that? How do you pronounce What is the plural of Mega Man? There's what? There only is one. There's one Mega Man. Mega Man. Okay. 
There's only one Megaman, <laughs> the one and true Megaman. I guess they may have just built other ones in the future. Because every time you die in these games, what what happens? Do they clone you? Yeah, they must. They must. Well, I guess it's not cloning when it's a robot. <laughs> they just build a new robot. Developed by Capcom in uh, 1988 and 1990 for Mega Man 3, Mega Man 2 is pretty much how this series became popular. Uh, games that came out around Mega Man 2, you got your Super Contra, you got your Metal Gear for a side-scrolling kind of action, you got your Splatterhouse on the uh, TurboGrafx-16. 1990 for 3, you had like a Bonk's Adventure. Metal Gear 2, coincidentally. But it's Mega Man 2, I think, that like, Honestly, this that that second one pretty much spawned the millions and millions of game variations that we see now in Mega Man. Like the popularity of two basically has carried it for basically fifteen, twenty years, or at least set the ball in motion for the many, many spin-offs of the series. That's a pretty big claim, Kevin. How can come on, convince me. How popular how popular a game are we talking about here? One point five million sold. And that's in 1988? That's in 88. I'm sure those numbers are different now. Uh, uh, the entries I read, those are kind of the only figures I could find. And they still claim... There's only this... like 3 million people in the world back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's the here, here's the uh, uh, the quick history. Mega Man did not... The first one did not sell enough really for Capcom to want to make a two. And the the developers wanted to make a two. They went to their, their boss and said, we really like this project we really want to keep going and their bosses said all right make all these disney games while you're working on two and we'll see what happens oh is this where like the duck was where ducktales came out this is when they're starting to get like all these other... actually ducktales was ducktales capcom i forget yeah, yeah i have to go re-listen to that episode yeah all of these a lot of those disney games that were popular on the nes were developed by this similar i think some of the same guys in this capcom team basically their Mickey bosses... mouse capade <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <Ugh. laughs> Basically, but their bosses said it was basically said, "Hey, if you can work on this game while you're working on all these licensed properties we have, have at it." So they made two, and then two kind of, hmm. in some regards, out of all those licensed games, kind of becomes the most popular. You know, or, or, or interesting. Yeah. So I'm curious about your personal history. I mean, I was eight when this game came out. I think I when I originally bought my Nintendo, or when my parents bought me my Nintendo. Uh, this was like one of the first games I had, and I played the sh- the hell out of it. Uh, what's your history? Before I get into mine, because my history is long and deep. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> well, yeah. And has been documented in several American history museums. Sure. Strange, because it's a Japanese product. Sure, sure. What's What about you? When did you come to this game, and when? How? what were your initial thoughts on it, initial feelings when you played it? All right. So, first of all, I'm just coming to the realization now that you met Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3 on the Nintendo, because I prepared for this solely by playing Tiger Handheld Electronics. (laughs) I actually own that one, too, so we can discuss the Tiger one if you want. (laughs) I had the Mega Man 3 one. I had two. I know there was a Mega Man 2. I don't think I owned that one. I I was too busy playing that and Bo Jackson football. (laughs) I had that one and Karnoff. On the Tiger Electronics games. <laughs> wow. That one may have been a better game. It was, Tiger. actually. It really kind of was. I actually kind of want to go find, go see if there's a Tiger handheld emulator out there. Oh, God, I hope so. Because I, I just so. someone out there is like, you know what we need to do? We need to recreate Tiger handheld electronics. We need to recreate that experience. Maybe it can be on the phone to even recreate the mastery of 
of hand of the handheld experience. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you're shaking, Kevin. So like, I actually, when I was young, so this was 1988. I was two years old when Mega Man 2 came out. I was, in fact, not playing Mega Man 2 at two years old. As a matter of fact, I don't actually remember ever playing this, or playing, wow. for that matter, Mega Man 2 or Mega Man 3. I remember watching my, my older brother play a lot, because we rented this game, we rented Mega Man games for, uh, like, for a while, at least through Mega Man 5, I mm. believe. And in Mega Man 3, I remember a lot of. Really just because that was when the characters started to get, or the bosses started to get really bizarre. Yeah. And we started getting into more esoteric fields than just, oh, we're going to have some more guys named after the elements. Granted, that's in Mega Man 2, that's when you were starting to repeat guys as well, and that was confusing enough in its own in its own right. Yeah, 3, re- three repeats a lot of the guys in 2 as well. 3 repeats a ton of the movesets and kind of guys from 2, so it's kind of... Right. Kind of have to, and really. especially when you have guys that have that have so many right, like have their names that rhyme. So we have like Crashman and Flashman. Didn't like wasn't one version? Didn't it have Clashman as well? Uh, or was that the I Japanese? Think that version? might be the Game Boy Advance or Game Boy version. There's a Game Boy Mega Man too. That might be Clashman. I think. Yeah, I know. There, I think there was a Clashman. He just could never. He was wearing plaids and stripes together all the time. That's that's that was his that was his claim to fame. I see. Or he was playing. He was playing music in Scott Pilgrim. Right, right. And so, like, really going into like going back to these games now, or for me, I'm playing these for the first time. Okay. And honestly, I've said before in in previous episodes, this is a Nintendo platformer of old, and I am the worst. <laughs> like, you can just feel free put it on my epitaph right now. Here lies Jim Staholsky, bad at games, specifically Nintendo platformers of the 1980s and early 1990s. I'm gonna have a really big gravestone. <laughs> it's just gonna be like a. It's gonna be like a building. It's gonna be like the a, like a ten story face. Yeah, and it's just gonna have a Nintendo controller on it that just reads the word "sorry." <laughs> God, I played this one two specifically. Three, I played a couple to uh, beat them multiple times. But two, I got to the point where I was doing challenges for myself, like uh, going through the whole game with just the pea shooter. You mean the lemon shooter? The lemon shooter, right? Yeah. Well, you know, robots, they love their lemons. Pew, 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 pew. When I played it this time for, for preparing for this show, I decided I hadn't played in like five years. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try like sort of a speed run of it. And a speed run slash minimum number of times died. And having not played the game literally in like five or six years, one death, uh, 80 minutes, 80 minutes through the game. Including all the menus, including all the times, like if if you included all the the cut you know cut scenes or whatever whatever it is the load screens, eighty minutes. So sure, I I can get that time down probably to less than an hour, probably like forty five minutes if I really right. If you take out that half hour break that you took in order to to look up what happened recently on the Bachelor, no, I understand. <laughs> right, well, I love my Bachelor. You know, this rose is for you, Joe. <laughs> Why is there not a Mega Man themed Bachelor parody? We have all of the boss. We have all of the boss robots, all vying for the attention of Roll. It's, it's a bachelorette situation. Okay, got First it, of all, got that, that yeah, needs well, to be clear. Let's be progressive here. You know, let's be progressive. Let's make it Mega Man. You know, we don't know. Right. I mean, otherwise, all you're getting is just you're just gonna wind up with Mega Man, and then a show that's just going to be oh, here's Roll, here's Dive Woman, 
Uh, so yeah, so I played this game like a lot, like a lot, like to the point where it's like muscle memory. I can beat this game now, uh, which is kind of both sad and kind of kind of proud at the same time. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> uh, the question is for Mega Man. I have a specific order now that I play it in to go through it as fast as I can, and that order is Airman, Crashman, Woodman, Metal Man. Bubble Man, Heat Man, Quick Man, uh, sorry, Flash Man, Quick Man. Question. I was wondering about this. That so yeah, there are there are like does people have their orders specifically? You know, since every since every guy has his own since his has his own strengths and weaknesses. So I was wondering how. First of all, back when you were playing this game in nineteen in like nineteen eighty eight, did you just find that out just by playing the game repeatedly, or was this part of the what part of the reason to subscribe to the Nintendo Power at the time? Uh, I just played it. I just played it over and over. I had friends who owned it as well, uh, and we would discuss what's the best strategy. We actually had a discussion that was like, we had an argument with one of my friends because he claimed that the order of the bosses should match the three little gadgets you get, the one, two, three. You should get those in one, two, three order. And I was like, no, that's just the that's just the that's just the guy screwing with us. He doesn't really care. That's probably just the order they made. It's a bold claim. Yeah, it's a bold claim in your arguments that you're having that seem to resemble most Dark Souls conversations these days. <laughs> right, right. I I came to it just playing it over and over again and memorizing patterns. Like I said, I got I, I might not be a good a, a good place to go. There, so the, the how you figure out the order obviously has to do with the weaknesses and then who you can ever whoever you can beat first. But what was a right. good thing about what was lost in later games, especially after three and four, uh, that you did in two, it, two multiple weapons do multiple m- amounts of damage to different character, to different bosses. Oh, okay. So like where one item might do like double damage, another might do 1.5x damage. One might do yeah. a little less than that. Yeah. Like I think Heat Man hurts Woodman significantly, like eight little Well, as dashes, he should. As he should. Uh, but Crash Man also does like four or five. So like you can kind of choose not always based on what does the most damage, but just sort of like what you're most comfortable with in your play style. Well, specifically for Mega Man 2, it's or just use Metal Man because he's the fucking best at everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's the greatest. Uh, he's fucking best. He's even weak to himself. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. After 2, they stopped doing that. It literally was like one weapon. It was a one weapon kills one guy situation. And aren't these all guys, they're all robots anyway, aren't they all Metal Man? <laughs> yeah, that's something I've always asked is like, how come there's like that clink, like metal on metal sound for certain things, but not for others? Like, aren't you always, shouldn't always that metal sound be struck? Anyway, <laughs> uh, what? how about you? When you were playing it, did you pick an order or did you just give up after Crash Band destroyed you or whomever? Well, I, so I, I know, I know just from word of mouth, kind of like how... In the Metal Gear Solid episode, just we just knew about Psycho Mantis. In this case, it's just I just knew Metal Man was the best, and Metal Man stage is really easy. Yeah. So you just blow through Mega like Metal Man stage, and then it's just I just guess, like what's Metal Man good against? I'm like, oh, probably everything. I mean, metal like these are saw blades. I bet those are pretty good at cutting down trees. Let's go to Leaf Man, and then just kind of blow through him, and like, oh, well, that's good against. I'm like, well. I remember from Pokemon that grass is strong against water. Let's do Bubble Man. Why not? I'm like, oh, let's just use blades on him anyway. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah, that's the right one. You're supposed to use blades on Metal Man. I just use blades on everybody. Although, granted, 
that's one thing that I found a little bizarre, at least with Mega Man 2, is that a lot of, there were a lot of stages that I felt the levels were certainly harder than the bosses. Mm-hmm. Specifically Bubble Man. I mean, Bubble Man kind of has his own little special place as being the... He's like the uncle that was in jail once. Oh, what was he in jail for? <laughs> Hanging out by the kiddie pools too much, right? We're talking. No, about... <laughs> it was like insurance fraud. Oh, okay. It was like something dumb. Yeah, he because his... like he's not cool enough to get like picked up, getting picked up for like soliciting drugs or the like. Bubble man. Yes, uh, I, I, you're you're right. The, the bosses in two are a lot. I would say they're a lot easier than than three. Although three, trying to suss out what kills what enemy is like near impossible because none of magnet man that sounds good against everything that sounds good yeah like hard man again everyone's good against metal yeah hard okay hard man i mean hard man hold on i'm not done hard man top man can't stop the top man can't stop the top so which is actually the best song off of the megas album dedicated to Mega Man 3 by the way hard man and top man are weak against each other so make of make of that what you what you will uh, but like none of the bosses they are i'm going to deviant art right now <laughs> uh, but none of the bosses in three like gemini man is basically metal man again except you know there's two of them yeah or not gemini man i'm sorry shadow man is basically metal man again same yeah it just looks like a reskin snake man is basically bubble man it's the same kind of shot it's like that ground thing search snake search yeah they made it sound cooler i mean it's a lot cooler than like bubbles you know like blowing bubbles but actually a lot of the a lot of these almost sound like tongue twisters between your magnet missiles your search snakes and your spark shocks yeah it's a lot of alliteration a lot of <laughs> that's what you come to make I mean, you're already for. playing a game we're already playing a game where your main character is rock you have roll you've got your dog rush yeah is, is this is Mega Man 3 actually the first is is that the introduction of Rush? Yeah, that's a that's when Rush starts. Before that, you. Oh, get... Sorry, of Rush. Sorry, uh, also the introduction of Roll as well. No, Roll's in the first one. Oh, really? Yeah, Roll is in the first one. Roll is in the ending credits. It's really the only time you see her in game. Is Mega Man runs all the way home, and he jumps in the air when he gets home, and you see Doctor Light standing there, and Rush is right next to her, or next to him, just sort of hanging mm-hmm. out at Mega Man's house. It has a very it has like an Astro Boy vibe to it. Oh yeah, like Mega Man doesn't wear his outfit. He like halfway when he's running home at the end of Mega Man One, the cool music plays, and halfway running home, he turns into a boy or man. He just wears normal clothes again all of a sudden, or at least like Astro Boy uh, style, where it's metal clothing. Speaking of that sequence, it's interesting a lot. The music at the ending of Mega Man One. When you beat it, is the same music played at the start of Mega Man 2? Just like a nice little way to connect those two games. I always was really, I kind of always really liked that little touch. Uh, that scene where it, before it scrolls up to the top of the tower. Oh, right. I remember, and I remember that music very well because that is actually, I believe, the intro music to I Want to Be the Guy. And given the number of times that I died at the start of that game, I have that music ingrained into a part of my brain. Yeah, so it's actually the same music from the end of one. Like a lot of the music in Mega Man, super catchy, super great. <laughs> well, catchy, very catchy. The Wily stage is famous for for how good that song is. You know, I know these two games are are renowned for for their music, but man, I I can't I can't do it. I can't see it. This seems like if you take any rock song from the eighties and just f- put it in a skillet 
and make it into a reduction you re- you reduce it down to its like most base components specifically you just take the melody that's what it sounds yeah. like to me well it's all they can muster out of you know whatever sound chip the right Nintendo i understand has. that yeah i understand the constraint well not i don't entirely understand the constraints <laughs> but i know there are constraints right, there right that they just they sound like like to me they're just like scorpion songs that if i'm just not really into that that's what i'm getting when i'm entering like that's what i'm entering top man stage they're a little more metal but yeah i hear what you're saying it's very rocky like a hurricane i mean they almost all of these songs sound like rock songs like if they had a bit more if they had more tools or a bit more power to them they almost all sound like rock songs well, well, I mean, that's the whole thing about rock and roll. I mean, rock man is rock and roll. Rush is Rush. You know, uh, uh, blue. Pro- I, okay, I pl- doubt that. Rush is not. Rush is. I, I do. Think, I, I think I, I refuse to believe. Okay, so like characters in the Mega Man series often make re- named after music. At least the, the characters that are recurring. So, with the exception of Doctor Light and Wily, uh, Rush or rock roll. Proto Man is blues. Uh, bass and treble, which appear in a later game, that's intentional to sound like rock music. That's I a... I refuse. I refuse to believe this. <laughs> what? I'm looking this up right now. What rock and roll? I want to know. I want to look. I'm looking up on the page for Rush, and I want to see the origin <laughs> of the Rush. The origin of, I refuse to believe that. No, I, I I sincerely do. We'll be right back on one more turn. Welcome back to One More Turn, where we're combing through listener entries to the new introduction. And the winner is, I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Now, Kevin, this is the first time that we've done a twofer, mm-hmm. a duo. This was, this was, this was your idea. <laughs> this was all your idea. So tell me, what was, what was your agenda by putting up a duo episode here? Well, the reason, Jim that we picked these two my agenda is that these probably were the two i played the most growing up two of my favorites i think after three it does start to fall off a little bit it gets really repetitive and it's basically the same thing over and over again it, it is <laughs> yeah Imagine well, that. it's the same game every time literally um, yeah technically it started <laughs> yeah, doing that too but like they they stopped adding really adding stuff they they started they stopped adding elements that make it more difficult or more challenging or more interesting after after three don't you be ragging on my boy plant man <laughs> so with three you know they added the slide they added rush they now had a little bit uh they added extra stages they added like these kind of mid stages you know an interesting thing is that i had forgotten about all of those little sub levels specifically you go and you fight through these little mini levels of ones that you've done previously and then you fight a mega man 2 boss yeah what yeah, it's a nice little callback <laughs> yeah it's great and they're all they're all that they don't look like they're boss they're old forms they're in like that robot yeah they're in that weird, that weird gutsman sort of guy. sort of looking thing but the funny thing is is yeah. that when you get introduced into that fight they give you the little the little torso that you're fighting that you're gonna be fighting against, and then you see like this ghost, like this specter of that previous <laughs> robot, just like going and then possess that body. So now you're dealing with robo ghosts. Yeah, it's it's strange because I'm like, obviously that's a cue to you, the player who you're fighting, because I'm sure a lot of people played two, went on to play three, 
But imagine if you started with three and you saw that and you just feel like, what's this garbage? Yeah. What's this Robo Ghost? What does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Who's uh, this guy that looks like a Zippo lighter? And what's crazy is the pattern and is exactly the same in the third one now. So you've, you're, ref- you're actually re- having to fight these guys all over again, but with a different tool set, essentially. What's funny about those fights, and I think what's an interesting thing from going from two to three is that it's it almost like recontextualizes those fights from two in a way because they're really easy in two and then when you have to fight these guys again in three they seem a lot more difficult to me like it, it, I, I don't know i i feel like i had a way easier time beating them in two than three particularly like like airman should be way easier because you could slide under his air pellets or whatever you call them his tornado shots but he's still, he seems more difficult. All of them seem more difficult. Like Woodman's impossible without having to use an E-tank or two because you have to, there's no way to penetrate his shield without, there's just no way to penetrate his wood shield, his leaf shield that could somehow deflect all kinds of metal. Uh, what? I, I couldn't like Tops work against him? I thought Tops oh, would God, be able to Tops use is, it, right? Tops, Tops is Tops the is the Tops. Oh, he's the bottom. He top should be the bottom. He is the worst. That is the worst. He's move. Bubble Man Redux. Oh, I'm just gonna run into something and spin. Like that's terrible. That's <laughs> so terrible. But yeah, like, and Woodman's especially difficult because I think they messed up on the animation on some of the retreads of the bosses because they're bigger, so you can't jump over them without striking them, and striking them takes a ton of damage. His leaves, specifically for Woodman, it seems like their attacks are a little bigger. Like they didn't get the size right from two so it's it's almost like so the spaces you have to jump through a lot more narrow so it's in a way that the boss fights even though you've done them a hundred times in two they're more difficult in three because i don't think they quite finished it but you can well i don't think i was gonna say but you can slide and sliding is such a big evasion tool it doesn't really help a lot of the guys in two against two i mean it helps like it helps dodging little air gusts but that's about it like like you still, I think, even if you slide, you still pretty much get hit by most of the stuff, except for maybe like Metal Man, which you have to jump over anyway. Woodman's a good example. There's nowhere to dodge except jumping. There's no way to dodge his attack Rushes. except to jump over. Use a rush. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Uh, so yeah, but but the main thing to me, I feel like in three compared to two, two seemed to ramp up the difficulty. Like the eight master boss stages are pretty similar in difficulty with the exception of like a bubble man hold on i think i'm actually going to disagree with you there i think i think it actually spikes pretty heavily in two i mean because you have the introduction of the i guess now staple part of mega man and that is the heat man blocks yeah i mean like heat man and bubble man those are hard stages the freaking quick man lasers come on I don't, I told you, I can like, I, I, I don't even use Flashman on Quickman anymore. Like, that's how good I got at those stages. I mean, I know like, they're doable, but like, you know, for someone who's picking up that game, those are very, very sharp spikes in the difficulty, which when you're going from something like Metal Man, like the Metal Man stage, it's just, it's just a, you can just run through that really easily. But then when you're yeah. competing, I mean, specifically the Heat Man mocks. Like, there is nothing, nothing is nearly as, as difficult as picking up the patterns on those things as in Mega Man 3. That's why you beat Airman first. You beat Airman first, you get the little rocket ship, and you just shoot your way across that. Like, you just not, you don't even have to worry about it. That's the whole point uh, of the rocket ship. It's the, just bypass right, all it's that. Right, it's like the air lift, like, the, the rush lift, where it's just like, it's just going to bypass most of this level. Yeah, but I think in 2, they had an issue where... Okay, I'll put it this way. Three, the, all the levels in three, 
the first eight robots are all similar in difficulty. Okay. Maybe in two, they, they couldn't, it goes, okay. So everything in those first eight and three are similar in difficulty. Then it gets more difficult when you get to the four Mega Man two boss fight levels, mm-hmm. the retread levels, the mid levels. Uh, Cause now you can use some of those rush patterns. So there's a progressive in the, the a progression in the difficulty there. Whereas in Mega Man two, they only had those eight levels and then it was straight off to Wily. So they kind of had to maybe have a couple variety, like diff- a variety of difficulty within those eight, in order to maybe challenge challenge the player. I don't think they had to. I think that was, <laughs> I think that that was either a choice or they an accident. To. They wanted to. <laughs> I should say that they wanted to. I mean, one is way more difficult than two. Oh, oh so gosh! I, don't I can't. About. <laughs> I, I, I tried. I've tried going to one, and I, I cannot do it. Yeah, it's. One's rough. Uh, one is really rough. Yeah. Uh, so from coming from one to two, uh, it's a lot easier. At least it's easier to understand what what's happening or, or, or some plan for your. Let me go back real quick. You said you love you to claim that Mega Man Three seemed unfinished. What was that about? Well, uh, Inafune, uh, uh, the the guy who's kind of known for Mega Man now, uh, he said it was unfinished. It got rushed at the end. It got rushed. Maybe that's why he's called Rush. Uh, and the Wily stages in particular, I, I think this was how it was supposed to go. It was supposed to be eight master robots levels. Then you were probably supposed to play all eight of those levels again, except this time the two bosses were the last guy. And then Wily was supposed to be like the pinnacle of difficulty. And what happened is, is, is they had to shorten that. So when you get to the mid, mid boss, Mega Man two boss levels, they're more difficult uh, but when you get to Wily, it's really easy. Like the levels in the Wily stages are really, really easy. Like I don't think there's any difficulty. It almost goes down in difficulty. Like the boss fights in those are harder, a little, a little harder. Uh, specifically, the Marshmallow Man guy. That <laughs> yeah, he's like Steve uh, Puff with the one big eyeball. Yeah, the Mega Man One retread. He's in Mega Man One. I don't know if you ever got to to him. Uh, <laughs> Hell he no. Lec- he had to use a he had to use a Lech Man to beat him in Mega Man One. But like the other boss fights in in the Wily stages are, are other than that one and maybe I think one other. They're really easy. Well, they're very short, and that I can understand because they have these four extra levels. So you may actually still be getting the same amount of play time as you had in Mega Man Two. Yeah, no, you did. Uh, you're getting the same time, but it's it's. I don't think the developers wanted it to be that simple. I mean, it is. I feel like with uh, the Wily stages in three specifically, there's like four screens and then you're at, at the boss fight. Like it is like, like imme- it seems almost immediate. You're at some of those boss fights on those stages. Like you can burn through Wily's, the Wily part pretty quickly. Which is the one that had the, that had the, I guess it was Mega Man 2, right? I actually, I give Mega Man 2 a lot of credit for its Wily bosses. Specifically some of the ones like um the, the, the one with the crash, with the one you need the the crash bombs. To blow up the section yes. of the walls, where it's yeah. more of a puzzle boss than anything, anything that Mega Man right. had done prior or later after like, for a while, anyway. Well, it's it's the first time that you see them force you to use your your extra, you know, your non-violent weapons, <laughs> your platforms that you have to create, your you know the 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 pods you have to create, the rockets you have to create. Yeah, you have to you if you don't use those things in that level. Uh, you have to die in order to beat it. So, like, you don't have enough Crash Man fuel to beat that boss. The I think they call it, like, the the rogue. It's some, like, computer name, I think they call that boss. But you have enough Crash Man if you 
use your pods and things like that to get around some of those barriers that are presented. Okay. And and that's where the structure seemed to be going in in three for some of the design. Like they were intentionally making levels so that you would use Rush, Rush exclusively. But like I said, it looks like it got cut short and that they had to kind of truncate a lot of that. So I'm curious. Did you find two versus three? Did you you seem to like three a little bit better, or at least it seems to be more? Or you just hate all of these games. <laughs> you just anti 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 man. I'm really I was really bad at these games. Like it's tough to really like these games and be so bad at them. I really liked the sliding mechanism. However, some of the levels, just some some of the Mega Man three levels. Which seemed really, I don't want to say they're really poorly done, because I can't specify, at least not at this time, without further thought. I might write about this later, as to what I didn't like about them. Like the Gemini Man stage, with all the little bubbles that turned into little floaty spermmans. <laughs> Blue sperm. Yeah, they're just like flopping around. <laughs> yeah, like, that wasn't a great level. Like, not at all. No. I mean, granted, but I felt that way about Heat Man stage, too. Like, Heat Man, that is just like a middle finger to you as the player. Like, I, I don't need that. I think I would, I think I would lean more towards Mega Man 3. Because I'll, I'll put it at a, I'll put it at a wash for the two based on mechanics and based on bosses and difficulty and the like. Cause they introduced Proto Man, and Proto Man, pretty friggin' sweet. Also, yeah. it doesn't have any of this nonsense about Dr. Wily trying to trick everyone into being an alien. <laughs> That's what I love. I actually love that ending up too. Surprise, because I'm an alien, right? Because you're playing it at the time and you know, you're you're nine year old Kevin and you're like, God, why doesn't the guy just die already? You know? <laughs> nine year old Kevin <laughs> sounds harsh. <laughs> well you've that the fight before, if you don't know the specific weapons to use is a pain in the ass. You're it's a great intro to how they do the the alien thing, because you walk down that long cavern and it's all these like blood drips and it's like acid. And you're like, why is there all this blood here or blood looking stuff here? And then you walk into that stage and all of a sudden he wily like floats down from the sky and goes alien. And it's like a great they set it up. They set the alien thing up fairly well, pretty quickly. But then you they give you a clue that it's not true, because as soon as you start shooting stuff at it, it makes the metal sound. And so you're like, okay, this is he might not really be an alien here because I don't think he has metallic skin. (laughs) I don't know, he might. He's been taking over so <laughs> many of Dr. Light's robots. That's true, yeah. And then... Build like an endoskeleton, or build some kind of crazy exoskeleton. I can see it there. But it's, I don't know, I just like that setup. Because when you're playing it and you're like, gosh, this guy just will not die. He will not go away. He must be an alien. And then, oh, he is. And then, no, he's not. He's just really, that was a robot alien. Uh, it's Fake robot aliens cre- always ruin us all. <laughs> I know. It's actually the end credits that I always liked in Mega Man 2. It's my favorite part of any of the games is when Mega Man, they have that image of him walking towards the screen and it changes all the seasons and everything. I don't know if, if you re- you ever saw that 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 part. I looked it up on YouTube because based on what I was telling you before, <laughs> there's no way I would be seeing the ending credits normally. But it's the fir- the reason I like that section. It's the first time you get any idea of his character. He looks sad. Like Mega Man looks sad. Like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's not smiling. He's the weight of the He's world, including like... all of its powers. Yeah, exactly. He's not running like at the end of Mega Man 1. He's walking and he's walking towards the screen. And the seasons are going by. So it's been like a year 
you know, it's it's been he's walking for seemingly endlessly. Then he just kind of looks at the town behind him and then he disappears and just his helmet remains. And it's the first time you feel like, God, this this must suck to be him because he is always on call to have to save the world. And he just wants to well, like always being twice. <laughs> well, at that point, but like that's the implication of that helmet left behind is he's always going to be on call. And he might not like that burden. Like, there's an implication there with how sad he is when he's walking at if you. If he's always on call, and... won't he? Won't he need that helmet though? <laughs> we well, just leave souvenir helmets all the way, all the way, all around the world. Mommy, mommy, you know? look what I found! Put that down, honey. You know, birds are <laughs> birds are nesting in those things now. <laughs> how many helmets does he have? Right? Maybe that's when you get a free guy. So it's just a new helmet for him. Possibly. Possibly. You just borrow yeah. Zero's helmet for a while. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> couldn't he have at least cleaned out all of the hair? Yeah, that's, all, that's the thing that's always bugged me about Mega Man. All robot, hair. Somehow black hair that blows in the wind. He's got a nice, he's got a nice set. He's got a nice set of hair, that, that Mega Man. Thank you for listening. One More Turn is produced, created, and hosted by Jim Staholsky and Kevin King. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please email us at onemoreturnpodcast at gmail.com or do us a big favor and rate us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at King Sorbo. And Jim is at Fuzziest Kitty. IED is courtesy of Pixel Hate off his album and the Revolution. You can find his music at pixelh8.co.uk. Blue Pain is courtesy of Breakbeat Heartbeat and the Waveform Generators off his album 2206. Find more of Breakbeat's music at soundcloud.com slash breakbeatheartbeat. Kevin, Kevin, what are we going to do next week? Show and tell. Show and tell, Jim. Get your show and tell ready. What are you doing? I'm your Apple computer. I don't know what that voice was. I'm talking like a 1980s robot, Sylvester Stallone.